coming up on this week's episode, Dad's on Philip. I don't know where to start, really. Everything I'm about to say is absolutely true and did actually happen. <laughs> and it is absolutely okay. brutal. Uh, and it's a PG. That's hilarious. Uh, Austin Butler is absolutely beautiful. Um, those deep set <laughs> eyes, quite remarkable. Oh, yeah. All right. This one's for the ladies. So what came over us then, David? Um, this is my plant, Ernesto. Oh. Ernesto? <laughs> okay, what flavour plant is it? I can't remember, what was he? We took a photo. I took a photo of the... Uh, I think it thing. seems demanding. <laughs> oh, um... Okay, the biomaxine. <laughs> Cool. How are you, Max? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Much better than last week. I was uh, very stressed, weren't you? Yeah. You seem stressed. Yeah. Right. Very. I'm so looking forward to having you all over at the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Yes, we're all looking forward to it too. Yay! Right. See you later. Fly away now, little bird. Love you, bye. Bye bye now. Bye bye now, Maxine. Hi, Greg. Hi Dave, how are you? I'm, I feel good, man. I've got a, I've got a desk. Yeah. I've got a, a, an office nice. chair now for the first time in the entirety of this podcast. Um, you know how to live. Oh, I do. I've gone from a uh, a dining table to a breakfast bar to my mother-in-law's uh, uh, spare room to my mum's spare room as well. At one point, where else have I done yeah. it from? But anyway, I'm now in my podcast. Dad's on tour. I'm now in my air quotes podcast studio slash my spare room. So yeah, good. Mm. Nice. How are you? Very white. We're thinking of a terracotta in here. But uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, good. I'm glad you're okay. I am. I am a sleepy bear because my oh, wonderful son went to sleep at about eight half past eight last night he woke up at 12 o'clock and then was awake for five and a half hours in the night so hmm part party animal yeah so 12 o'clock and then he was still awake at one at two and one two three four. i'm dave and i'm greg and we love watching films great films bad films blockbusters classics indie films cheesy films superhero films but as dads we especially love watching family films with our kids so we've made a podcast all about it this This is dads on film week ah well (laughs) how are you how's your weekend and stuff cool uh, my weekend was bizarre, utterly bizarre. <laughs> um, Can but, we talk about this bizarreness uh, yet or no? Probably um, not. T- yeah, I kind of feel like we can because um, they are they're, they're still on the run. But by Wednesday, it's going to be so far removed from Friday that I don't think anything I could say yeah. would... You know what I mean? And they were on X, they were on XFM XFM earlier, like oh, right, tormenting okay. the 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 hunters <laughs> as well. So uh, yeah, so I'll, I'm going to talk about it. Mm. Uh, I did so I did I did phone Dave after these events happened. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know where to start. Really, everything I'm about to say is absolutely true and <laughs> did actually happen. Right, so. I'm I'm making a Friday Friday afternoon. I've come home from work. I've picked the kids up from school. I've taken them home, and I'm I'm making in the kitchen making a picnic to take down to the Pavilion Gardens because there's some things going on down there mm. on Friday evening. We're gonna and when Jane got back from work, the plan was to all go down there together, meet some friends, have some drinks, have a jolly nice time. Uh, our friends Adam and Tina and their kids uh, called round because they were going to drop some stuff for me to take down in the car, and we were kind of milling around out the back of my house, and we noticed coming across the bridge towards the scout hut which is opposite the back of our house mm. uh, two blokes in baseball caps followed by a film crew uh, and making their way towards the scout hut we're kind of staring at out and sort of stepping outside to get a better look like, what's going on there and i'll be honest with you at first i thought it was like some students like making a little film or something yeah. I, I don't really know what to expect then one of them turns to us kind of lifts up the peak of his baseball cap and says to us do you know who we are mm-hmm. and i'm like bloody hell james acaster 
If you don't know who James A. Custer is, he's probably the greatest comedian around working he's at the moment. our hero. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. And uh, I walk over to shake his hand. He says, I'll shake your hand if you don't put anything on social media. I was like, oh, put on social media. To the other one, it's Ed Gamble. So I was like, oh, hi, Ed. How are you doing? And they're like, hi, hi, Yeah, please don't put anything on social media. Anyway, transpired very quickly. They're doing Celebrity Hunted. Mm. So uh, Hunted is a Channel 4 programme whereby um, pairs of fugitives uh, make their way on the run around the country um, in, with a, a team of hunters in pursuit who use anything available from uh, mobile phone mass data, uh, number plate recognition, mm. CCTV, and uh, actual car, black, big black, blacked-out Land Rovers on the road trying to chase them down, trying to find out where they are, and trying to hunt them before they get to the extraction point. And I've seen this film. I've seen this program before. This is a celebrity version. I think I believe it's for stand-up to cancer. I might, I might be wrong. And uh, yeah, they were doing this, and so they left the stuff in the um, in the scout hut earlier in the day. They'd gone into town uh, to see, see a friend and get some food, but realised it was so busy um, that they were a bit spooked and thought, "We can't stay here. Mm. We need to get out of town." So they came back up to get their stuff, but it's all locked up. So they kind of hit the holy grail with us because. I could get them into the scout hut to get their stuff because I knew we got a neighbour with the key. Mm-hmm. So I, we did that. And then uh, when they were speaking about wanting to get to they asked me, like, any chance you could take us? I was like, yeah, I'll take <laughs> Cue a crew surround me, get me to fill out a load of paperwork, sign a big waiver of sign a release for the TV, <laughs> whatever. So, uh, what um, a, a girl micing me up. Um, someone giving me a COVID test to stick up my nose. <laughs> and a guy in my car rigging cameras to it. And then within 15 minutes, my, me and Ed Gamble had emptied my car from kids' bikes and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, child seats and things like that. Uh, I was in I was, I was, was in the driver's seat with the, this director, Sam, next to me. Um, camera's on my dashboard, camera in his hand, Ed Gamble right behind me and James A. Caster <laughs> behind the pass, passenger seat. Um, on a road trip to... Now, it was the most surreal thing ever, and genuinely, since I've been pinching myself as to whether it happened. <laughs> um, but ever since, I've been trying to sort of replay what happened in my head. And if, if anyone is a fan of James A. Caster and Ed Gamble's uh, podcast, it's brilliant. Not to put other people yeah. onto other podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Don't go and listen to it, though. <laughs> don't go and listen to it, but it's a fantastic <laughs> podcast. Um we, uh, <laughs> the premises, you know, guests are in the dream restaurant. They choose their favorite ever starter, main dish, mm. side dish, dessert, and drink, not in that order. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the sort of framework for the for each show as a sort of interview sort of thing. And they, they off menued me in the journey <laughs> on the way there, which was just an absolute delight. Yeah. With complete with James A. Caster saying to me, Pop Rums on bread, Greg, Pop Rums on bread, <laughs> which is like a catchphrase off the air. And it, it, it was just bonkers. And I had an awesome, I had an awesome 45 minutes with them. It was, uh, it, it was a whole lot of fun. It's something that I'll never, ever forget. And, uh, it, you know, some of it might make TV. And it's a great way to stay in shape. It, absolutely. So that was my <laughs> Friday evening. Wow. Uh, and then Saturday it was Carnival Day, and then I went to see Primal Screen in Manchester. What about you? <laughs> beat that. I can't beat that. Um, not a lot, if I'm perfectly honest. We went to a sensory room um, with the yep. boys on, on Saturday uh, morning. Saturday afternoon, my sister came round uh, with her little ones just to have a little look, you know, look at the house and things like that. Um, what else did we do? We went, we, we walked, me, Max and the boys, we walked to uh, the pub, literally around the corner, um, had okay. a few beers and, and some tea, which was lovely, and then came home, and then Sunday, uh, very little, we did the big shop, and then, oh yeah, and then we, we played in the hot tub, we got a, we got one of those inflatable, oh, and, you watched, you watched Thor. Oh, and I watched Thor, obviously, which we are going to talk about yeah shortly um yeah so a lovely little weekend yes. but it's not going to be as good as next weekend greg because i'm seeing you no and it's going to be a lovely yeah. lovely full of festivities for our hundredth episode um we have got wait. a question this week gregory so christian okay christian says i'm catching up on the podcast and i've just really enjoyed you both ripping jurassic world to shreds this got me thinking about the original jurassic park and how brutal it was but obviously it was before 12 a's uh, so must have been a pg which it would never get away with if it came out today so which older films do you think would never get the age rating they had if they had come out now 
So I've got a few oh, that I was oh, thinking oh. of. I think it's a really good question. Thank you for the wonderful question, yeah. Christine. He sent a few more. Yeah, but, uh, question, we'll, uh, we'll spread yeah. them out. <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 it was okay. a great question. So obviously, you know, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park will never, ever get away with that now. Uh, I saying get away with it. Like, it's, no. not that, yeah, it's not that bad. But like, for a PG, it was shocking and it was scary. Uh, and it definitely would be a 12A today. Yeah. I think things like the original Witches, um, just because of yeah, the un- how unsettling it was, um, would would one hundred percent get a twelve A now? Um, I think mm. the yeah, the yeah. Um, uh, blah, 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 Gremlins and Gremlins two, definitely Gremlins two. I think would oh, God. Um, because that horror films, yeah, they well they they are the family family horror films, aren't they? But they are pretty gruesome, so they one hundred percent would as well. Um, any that you can think of. Um, I remember watching. Um, I remember watching last week for like a. Um, I can't remember why at school we had like an event where we were showing a uh, showing all the year ten as Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Actually, <laughs> yeah. it is a fifteen to be fair. And I was watching it, it thinking, oh. God, I think yeah, but it's a fifteen. So actually, no, that's probably quite right for the classic classification. <laughs> I was watching it thinking, no way is this like a PG or a twelve or something yeah. like that. Um, cause it's a it's a little bit. A little bit raunchy. Um, a little bit raunchy. I reckon some of the, uh, yeah, maybe some of the Harry Potter films may have, um, you know, I, I think like, let's say like Prisoner of Azkaban and things like, you know, with like the werewolf and, and that sort of stuff. It was, I thought it was quite a scary film. Um, Ghostbusters maybe, things like that. Yeah. I'm going to say, um, just so I'm trying to, Look for some inspiration. Well, we spoke about Ace Ventura, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and how there's no way, there's no way Ace Ventura would get through as whatever it was today. It was it a PG? Yeah. And it'd definitely be at least a twelve, wouldn't it? Um, Jaws um, was a well, yeah, Jaws was a PG apparently. Jaws. Um, so it's hard yeah. to remember that's only rated a PG. There is absolutely no way Jaws would get PG rated. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Jaws <laughs> is one of the scariest right. films ever made, and it is absolutely okay. brutal. Uh, and it's a PG. That's hilarious. Uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Yeah, scary stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, very scary. Yeah. <laughs> Warship Down. Yeah. <laughs> Warship Down. Don't they all get like uh, rabies? Mixomatosis. Oh, yeah, something like that. Rabies. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, it's a great question. I probably want some more time to think about it. There's mm. probably others. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. I can see. Yeah, I can see that. Mm. Uh, wow. That's. I mean, that is a bit of a Pandora's box. That question. Yeah, That's, definitely. Uh, I'm going. Looking at all sorts now. Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice, yeah. PG. Right. Cool. Well, brilliant question, Christy. Cheers, Thank Chris. you very much. Uh, let us know if, you, if anybody's got any other ones, send them in. Uh, would love to hear what you could say. That'd be very nice. Yes, wonderful. Yeah. I've got a question for you then, Greg. <laughs> Go on then, David. What the hell is coming up on today's 99th official episode of Dads on Film? Okay, so next up we're getting back on that movie train. We are going to uh, the Johnny Cash biopic Walk the Line story yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, after that, we've got this week's film news. Got quite a bit of film news this week. Uh, then we have two new releases this yeah. week. We have got uh, Baz, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Mm. Uh, so uh-huh. a movie about a bit of the theme of, mu- of uh, mu- music biopics this week. Uh, and then we've, of course, got Taika Waititi's new Thor, Love and Thunder. Then we're getting back on that old movie train and then seeing what's on the box this week. Should we do it? Let's do it. Take a breath. Uh, we're diving in. <laughs> Okay, so last week we were at the 2019... Chugga, chugga. Choo-choo, sorry. Okay, last week we were at the 2019 uh, DC Comics film Joker, and we've taken the Joaquin Phoenix line all the way down to 2005's James Mangold-directed Johnny Cash biopic Walk the Line. Um, So... Yeah. And give it a bit of setup, and I, I spoke about this a little bit last about last. I, li- I spoke about this a little bit last week. Um, I never really had a, a, any interest in Johnny Cash um, when when I was younger. I didn't really know much about him, if I'm perfectly honest. Went to uni, and somebody said, uh, and it was probably the first couple of weeks of being at uni. Somebody had Walk the Line on DVD, and I was like, "Oh, that's that Johnny Cash film, isn't it?" Not really that into Johnny Cash, and this person was like, 
I absolutely adore Johnny Cash. You need to watch this film. I'm like, oh, okay. all right, put it on and completely fell in love, like head over heels in love with, with Johnny Cash and his music. Um, yeah. And you probably saw this, uh, saw this in me around that time. You know, I think, I think one year in Spain, we just yeah, turned yeah, yeah. up in Spain with, with the guitar and it was just all Johnny Cash songs that one year. And it's because of this film and I just yeah, fell in love. Yeah. And I fell, I fell in love with, Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash and and his renditions of, of the of the Johnny Cash songs in this film, but then obviously went away and, and learned all about him. Read his autobiography, which a lot of this film is based on, based on, and it's a really cool. But Cash, there's a few, there's a few uh, different biographies, but there's, there's two, his yeah. main his main autobiography is called Cash. And what it is, it's not. Um, it's not this linear sort of narrative. It's just Johnny Cash sat outside his, on the front stoop of his uh, of his house, just reciting memories, and they're all mm. just all over the place, random things, and they don't actually. Some of them aren't even particularly important memories, but it's just things he's just musing on at the time, mm. and it is absolutely brilliant. I love it. So the film is for me is is really really special, and it means a lot to me. Um, I watched it. Mm. A few weeks ago, anyway, before before the movie train, there's a lot of things I love about it. So, just again, bit of background. So, mm-hmm. uh, Chronicle of Country Music Legend Johnny Cash's life from the early days on an Arkansas cotton farm uh, to his rise to fame with some records in Memphis, where he recorded alongside Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. So, wacky. Phoenix plays uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is, plays June Carter uh, towards the end. June Carter Cash, um, and there's a really, really brilliant framing device in this film and it's and but also it's almost like now it's almost cliched but this film was sort of almost like started this trend in these biopics where um it starts at towards the end well it starts at the end of the film i suppose and he's about to go on stage Mm. but then he's just there's one particular object that he sees and it just brings back all these memories and it goes back uh, and then obviously the whole film leads back up to this one very very special famous performance for, for johnny cash um and I love it. I think it's got this. It's got this real sort of, um, you know. I, I suppose if you compare it to other sort of biopics that have come out, like Ray. Um, what was it? What was the? Um, what was the one that? What's his fit? Loki was in. Um, was it? I saw the light or something. Is that what it was? But. I think what this film has above all these other ones is it, it's passionate about the music. It's passionate about the person. And you just really feel like you're in the heat of the of the you know of the Arkansas. Oh, Hank deals. Williams. It, yeah, it's the Hank Williams one, of course. Is it? I saw the light. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. I saw the light. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just feel like it, it, it's far more special than a lot of these other like churned out music biopics it's uh people really sort of put the work in you know put the research in and, and actually spent time crafting the you know the sound of these songs the 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 look of the film the the i don't know just everything about it i just think is so so passionate and so um i don't know meticulous and and i think that's the main mm. thing i love about it and i just love that relationship between johnny cash and june carter Joaquin and, and reese witherspoon they've just got some really like special chemistry in this film i think that you don't you don't tend to see much in uh in in these types of films i don't know i'm rambling what do you think of walk the line gregory yeah, I really liked it. It's just by chance this week we've uh, come across two well, two films at the same time. Uh, yeah, based biopics that are mm. uh, you know they they originate from Memphis, Tennessee, Sun Records. Mm. So yeah. uh, it's one character, Sam Sam Phillips from Sun Sam Records, Phillips, is yeah. in both this and in Elvis. When we speak about uh, about that later on, uh, I think Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic. There is something captivated about every performance of his really that. Mm. Um, he, he's he's just got a very special je ne sais quoi, je ne sais quoi, mm-hmm. je ne sais yeah. quoi uh, about him. Uh, uh, yeah, Reese Reese has been fantastic in this as well. Oscar winning performance like, yeah, I agree. from Reese. Oscar winning performance. Yeah, um, I I think that it's great that Joaquin did all the songs for this. I think that yeah. uh, makes it all the more special. Uh, yeah. I love the aesthetics of this film. I love the sort of like you say the circular way it sort of ends, starts at the end. And circles back round um, to that poignant place of, and during that p- poignant performance in in his career, which mm. I didn't realise that that song is. I mean, it's got nothing to do with him being there. That that song was written. Almost the gig came because of the success of that song. Yeah, if that makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean? He'd written yeah, the song. 
way, way, way before, having had no connections to Folsom Prison, and then mm. it was full arc to there, uh, which I think is quite cool. Um, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and it's a great way to stay in shape. <laughs> it is a great way to stay in shape. Apparently, they were recording it all, um, and Joaquin just couldn't hit the low notes, so they they upped the the key of all the songs, oh. and literally two days before they were going into the studio to record he just unlocked another octave, a lower octave uh, uh, and could just suddenly sing them all at, at that, oh, that wow. uh, key, which I think is pretty cool. Fantastic. Okay yeah. then, Greg, would you say that Walk the Line is Field of Dreams or 2001 Maniacs Field of Screams? Mm. <laughs> uh, Field of Dreams, please, David. Uh, yeah. I agree. Where can we see Walk the Line, Gregory? Walk the Line is available to stream on Disney Plus now. This is the news. Oh, yeah. All right. Give me some of that sweet, sweet news. Oh, God. This one's for the ladies. Okay, then. News. Oh, that got a bit. Don't know what came over us then, David. Uh, okay, let's lower the tone from that then. Uh, yeah, so obviously as a lot of people uh, will know now, um, sadly over the weekend, James Kahn died. So um, mm. absolute screen legend. Uh, yes, yeah, Sonny Corleone. Uh, screen legend, you know, we know him from the, the big film, you know, Godfather. Elf is the big one, you know, that we, we absolutely no, adore him in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, Loads and loads and loads of other films. Um, sadly, he was filming, or I think he just filmed some uh, his final performance with uh, I think uh, Pierce Brosnan, and Pierce Brosnan posted some pictures oh. of him, um, and he was, yeah, quite very very poorly, um, quite clearly, oh. uh, really ill. Sadly, um, so yeah, real shame. You know, he was he always played that sort of tough guy, that, that intimidating, scary dude, didn't he, in, in all these films. Um, Misery was one of my, my favourite performances from him, absolutely like, oh, that film's gross. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, Bates. really, really yeah. sad. Yeah, with Kathy Bates, she won, she won an Oscar for that one. Um, yeah, really yeah. sad. Uh, he will be, you know, sadly missed. There you go. Okay, we got our first trailer for David O. Russell's latest film. So David O. Russell, O. Russell, David O. Russell, um, he's got a really weird track record of films. Um, so American Hustle. Started, yeah, so like in the 90s, he's, he, he did like um, Three Kings, which I really enjoyed. Um, I Heart Goobies, which is this really, really strange, really, like, hard to explain, but such a weird film. Um, but then comes back and he's got this quite a decent run um over the past few years so okay in 2010 uh the fighter with mark Wahlberg and, and christian bale christian bale doing that absolutely incredible performance um of dicky what was his last name i can't remember but he won an oscar for that performance absolutely brilliant film then then did silver Linus playbook that was the thing that bradley cooper did and everyone was like oh my god bradley cooper can actually act uh, and he was amazing and then uh, jennifer lawrence won an oscar in that film uh, american hustle which was great you know he's, he's got these people that he likes to work with now um, he likes to work with uh, uh, mark Wahlberg, christian bale amy adams uh, what's her name who i've just said <laughs> uh, jennifer lawrence de niro yeah. whatever so yeah loads of loads, loads. Uh, so yeah the latest film is called amsterdam um Looks like this really sort of weird kind of. Uh, well, let me just tell you the the, the the plot. So, set in the 30s, it follows three friends who witness a murder. They become suspects themselves and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. So, it's based on a true story. These three friends are um, uh, Margot Robbie, Christian Bale, and John David Washington. But check this out for the rest of the cast: Chris Rock's in it, Anya Taylor Joy's in it, Zoe, do, blah, 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 Zoe Saldana, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant, Andrea Riseborough, wow. Taylor Swift, Matthias, uh, somebody, uh, Rami Malek, Robert De Niro. Wow, wow, wow! Um, but it looks cast. really good fun. Yeah, it is an expensive cast. But it, as I say, it looks really fun, and it looks like everybody's having a really good time, especially Christian Bale. And I love it when Christian Bale has a good time making a film. Um, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about a little <laughs> bit later on. Wasn't, wasn't um, David O. Russell? Didn't he deck Chris uh, Chris Nolan? 
on a red, on, sort of like an award ceremony. Chris Nolan. Uh, I'm sure he punched I Chris know. Nolan. Right, uh, George Clooney up. punched him on the David set of Three Kings. Russell. Chris Nolan. Uh, when David O. Russell assaulted Chris Nolan with a choke. What? Oh, that's what he did. Uh, okay, tell me more. A party. He publicly humiliated, embarrassed Nolan by physically assaulting him. Although Russell had already entered discussions about replacing Jude Law with Jim Carrey, uh, so this is uh, what film was that? He put Chris Nolan in a headlock in front of all the guests at the party during his juvenile public display. Russell demanded that Nolan release Law immediately as a gesture of artistic solidarity. The very next day, Law was back on the roster for I Heart Huckabees. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's even in I Heart Huckabees, and it's a horrible film. <laughs> it's really yeah. shocking. Wow, that's very sure. Well, he's got a track record of being quite quite difficult. Um, so to say, on the set, set of Three yeah. Kings, uh, on the set of Three Kings, which is a brilliant film, uh, him and George mm. Clooney just hated each other so much so that George Clooney punched him uh, and vowed never mm. to work with him again. On the set of I Heart Huckabees, um, the, and you can find this video, um, somebody, somebody. Well, obviously, it's it's an outtake. Um, it's with so himself and actor. What is her name? Uh, Lily Tomlin. She's in loads of stuff. Um, just had yeah. this blazing row where she's just like, like they're, they're just screaming at each other, calling each other all these, um, you know, profanities, I suppose. And she just stormed off mm-hmm. set and she was like, "I'm not working with you again." Uh, but poor little bloody Dustin Hoffman's just sat in the car seat next to her, just going, "Now come on, guys." <laughs> let's let's not do this, guys. Uh, yeah, so notoriously a bit of a prick. So wow, okay, interesting. Cool. Very, more very news. Interesting. But the film looks good. Uh, more news. Uh, first trailer for a new Jamie Fox um, action thriller called Day Shift, where basically they, they kill vampires. Um, looks fine. Looks like a good sort of fun, um, fun little thing. And then the last two bits aren't necessarily news, but uh, just some interesting things I'd like to talk about. So Quentin Tarantino this week was quoted by saying, it's the greatest British import of the decade. Okay. What's he talking about? The greatest British import of the decade. Um... It's actually older than a decade, but you know, whatever. It's a TV show. Uh, I mean, The Office. I don't know. No. Quentin Tarantino, you know, one of the most renowned directors of all time, is talking about Peppa Pig. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> That's, I mean, so he's got two... Is, it, is, is he not got, stumbled across got, the YouTube channels that are like... Where <laughs> she gets completely. Oh, did when we speak about this the other week? Like, yeah, we were talking about this the other week. Alternative Peppa Pig episodes. Yes, Peppa goes to the abattoir, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's got two young kids, really young kids, so obviously he's watching a lot of Peppa Pig. But he's just like, I love it; it's brilliant. So there you go. Um, and then the final bit. Um, Miles Teller was interviewed this week. Um, obviously, we, we really, I, I don't like him that much, but we really enjoyed his performance in, in Top Gun Maverick, didn't we? Um, as as yeah. uh, Rooster. Um, what was, I think it was quite interesting. He he came out and said that he, he auditioned for uh, Elvis and, and didn't get it. Austin uh-huh. Butler got it. But Austin Butler mm-hmm. auditioned for the role of Rooster, but didn't get it. Oh, and Miles oh. Teller got it, oh, which I think yeah. is really, it's a really fun little, uh, yeah, fun little, yeah, yeah. little turn of events, isn't it, Greg? Well, yeah. I think good casting, good casting on both fronts. Uh, yeah, hundred really, percent. Um, there you go. Okay, good. That That's is your news. news. So released. Two weeks ago, it was about two weeks ago now, wasn't it? Uh, in cinemas yes, is the long-awaited Baz Luhrmann-directed uh, Elvis biopic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything else to say? <laughs> so, it, I suppose... Right, is, is it, is it, no, 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 it's fine. Um, so, yeah, so Elvis, it's Baz Luhrmann's biopic of Elvis Presley from his childhood to becoming a rock and movie star in the 1950s while maintaining a complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. I didn't know tons about the whole, you know, Colonel Tom Parker side of things and how he, oh, you, know, you know, extorted 
lots and lots of money mm. <laughs> uh, for, no. from from Elvis Presley, which I think is is fascinating. Um, mm. But I'm not sure if there's much else for it <laughs> that, that I enjoyed. But uh, you know, you start. Wow, I've, I've been talking a lot wow. today. Well, no, go on. For, I'll, for, st- um, for start, um, you're wrong. I, I, I really enjoyed this film. <laughs> spoiler. Um, uh, it's uh, so Baz, Baz Luhrmann, and Baz Luhrmann's very much got a style, which I know you'll speak about in a little while. But it's, it's very Baz Luhrmann this film. So um, you've got um, it starts off in a similar sort of way to Walk the Line, but obviously not with the with the uh, titular character. You've got um, Elvis, former manager Colonel Tom Parker, on his deathbed. Uh, he's obsessed with gambling, uh, and he starts. He's kind of haunted, if you like, by the death of Elvis and the sort of the demise of Elvis and trying to sort of uh, justify, trying to sort of, um, what's the word, trying to rid himself of sin for what Mm. went on with Elvis, if if you like. And then um, he sort of reminiscing about it. So then it goes back to sort of early days. Um, Elvis uh, lives with his parents um, and music is sort of like his... um, his escape, if you like, and yeah. he's got um, a fascination with African American music, um, sort of Memphis, um, that sort of me- Mem- Beale Memphis Street. roots. Beale um, Street, yeah, it? yeah. Um, he he sort of stumble stumbles into um, the scene, if you like, and he's um, I'm struggling here. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he 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 sort of stumbles into the scene and becomes onto the scene and becomes this sort of overnight success. Um, especially yeah. because of you know his, his songs are great but obviously his style his his uh his his attitude and, and his his uh, his way of performing let's put it that way with the whole yeah. generating of the hips and and that sort of stuff and and, and people did take kindly to it yeah exactly they didn't it left a lasting impression on a lot of viewers let's put it that way yeah and and it was very sort of considered not very not very pg if you like and um mm. he drew the attention of colonel tom parker who was a, like kind of a, a circus um like curator sort of sort of he, he had yeah. this thing called the hack uh, he had this thing called the hank show which is like a country uh show that toured uh but mm. It, did it tour with a circus or something like that? It was very part of a travel yeah, sort of traveling so. community yeah. of entertainment. And there's a scene that where it, it's quite you know Nightmare Alley and the whole thing about him, mm-hmm. being yeah, yeah, the yeah. geek and how yeah. he becomes the geek. There's actually a scene where Tom Parker's actually looking across at Elvis at the circus, and yeah. a thing comes up behind him that says "Geek Show," yeah. and. Two things. Firstly, I didn't rec- I didn't have much of a clue about any of Elvis's past, but least of all, I didn't realise that so much of his music was black influenced, mm. um, which was sort of quite an important part, important part of this film. Um, but Tom Tom Parker sees him and thinks, "I can make a star out of this man." It's almost like he sees it as his next act. He can make a load of money out of and. What sort of proceeds is the way that um, Tom Parker exploits him so, to the extent whereby he's got he's very successful, he's gyrating on stage, but to the point where he basically gets cancelled. Tom Parker mm. realizes the smartest thing to do is send him away to the army for two years for conscript- yeah. conscription. And then by the time he gets him back, he's kind of got all the pieces in place to make him a star. They try and do things like they try and dress him up um, in a sort of tail suit to to yeah. kind of um, give him a sort of new new image, but that doesn't go well. He breaks away from it and eventually um, Elvis ends up with this residency, like probably the first residency mm. at the International Hotel uh, in Las Vegas, which is um, quite iconic. And uh, the, the strange thing is Tom Parker straight away, I mean, he's got loads of prosthetics on, but it's clearly Tom Hanks. Yeah. And one thing that really bothered me about his performance was <laughs> I don't, his accent. I mean, Tom, Tom Parker was Dutch, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. But his accent for me, was all over the place. And every now and then, you hear Woody come through. <laughs> um, through a bit of like... And all, the whole film, I had to look him up later on because I didn't hear anything about him being Dutch. And I was like, is he yeah. Eastern European? Is he Russian? Is he yeah. German? Hey, where where, where the hell is he from? <laughs> yeah. It was such a bizarre bizarre performance from Tom Hanks. Does, does he sound like that? Because I've never heard him speak. It's the well, I've never heard him I, yeah. And yeah, I've never heard Tom Parker speak. Um, 
Interesting, we spoke about Joaquin Phoenix uh, doing a lot of the recordings for uh, Johnny Cash, and uh, Austin Butler did a, a lot of the vocal work for the songs right. early on in Elvis's career in this film. But then towards the end of, end of the film, when as Elvis's voice changed, they mm. blended in and eventually used actual uh, stems from uh, Elvis Presley singing himself, right, which okay. um, I, I found quite quite interesting. But the most amazing th- thing I found about this film is. There's one scene where Tom Parker's in in a lift and he's sort of staring down the camera, almost looks like the penguin from Batman. Yeah. And <laughs> that's exactly what, I, what I, it is. I've been thinking for like the past yeah. week. What is it that I can't quite put my finger on that he reminds me of? Right. Yeah, it is it is like almost like Colin Fowler as well. And he's staring straight down the straight down the lens. And I said to Matt, who I went with. I went with my friends Matt and Hannah. Totally said afterwards, I was like, I don't care. Where's that coming from? Are you playing something? I think mine was the least part. But explain it to me. What was it? What well, did you do uh, for him to 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 help bring him to the public's attention? I I did all the promotion, the outdoor advertising, and he did the show on the stage, and the fans made it possible. So he just oh, sounds American. Like that. Yeah, it just sounds <laughs> <Exactly>. American. <laughs> Um, Interesting. Sorry. After, sorry. After this, after this scene in these in these lift doors, mm. I realised how how wonderful a job they'd done of creating this captivating villain out of Tom Parker. And right. I said to Matt at the end, I said, "I don't care if none of that is true, despite it being about Elvis. That's a damn good story, and he is a damn mm. good uh, antagonist. And um, I, I really love the way they sort of." Built him up, and it's sort of like you you empathise with him, you sympathise with him a bit early doors, but then by the end you're like, oh, what a like! It's almost like you get duped by him as well. Yeah. You get drawn in, and you can understand completely why Elvis goes along with it for every step of the way. But you realise that he's played the audience as well mm. in a way. And at the end, I'm like, wow, he's a damn good villain, apart from his accent. Um, <laughs> so, so almost like irrespective of what it was based on. I really liked what they'd done there um, with the plot, plot. I thought they'd made it into a really good story. Um, and yeah. I, I felt really sad, sad at the end because he was, he got turned into the geek show and he was exploited mm. uh, and he got um, almost forced to perform right up until his death. And uh, Well, think about, think about that Billie Eilish documentary we watched. It's like, yeah. there's just so many parallels, although she's, you know, I think she's far more independent to a certain extent, but there's so yeah, many par- parallels in that than what we saw but in Elvis. I think, well, I think the reality is it happens in the industry and has happened in the industry for many, many years. And it's what happened with Michael Jackson, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. when you get these stars, too many people are making a lot of money out of your performance. So you better bloody yeah. perform. And that's <laughs> yeah. the sad. That's the sad reality out of it. And yeah. and you know, I think you can imagine how even even if it's not explicit intentions, people will do whatever they can to make sure that show goes on. And mm. Um, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I find it quite yeah. interesting, really. Uh, mm. I really enjoyed it. I didn't. I didn't. I thought it was. I didn't think it was perfect um, at all. Uh, but i i was still really interested and most most importantly i learned a hell of a lot about elvis yeah uh, i found it very interesting one thing i will say is is this whole thing about like if you, i've been sort of reading about it since and a lot of this film you'd watch it and you'd think that he's like a real sort of liberal lefty but mm. he was he was big in the one thing they didn't explore in this film was like the richard nixon um sort yeah. of um friendship if you like and he was sort of yeah. big in the pocket for richard nixon uh I, you know he's, he was a southerner at the end of the day so his politics he wasn't really left-leaning although mm. where he grew up and the culture that he immersed himself with i suppose there's a lot of truth to that as well so yeah uh, there's, there's a film there's a film called i think it's called elvis and nixon or nixon and elvis and it's uh kevin spacey oh. plays nixon and michael shannon plays elvis and it's about this like yeah. this meeting in the in the Oval Office between Elvis and, yeah. and Nixon, it's like Elvis was completely crazy and wanted to be like mm. apparently something to do with like he wanted to be Nixon's like security mm. or something. It was really strange. Wow. Uh, but anyway, um, one thing I want uh, one last well, last comment. Yeah. Uh, Austin Butler is absolutely beautiful. Um, those deep set <laughs> eyes, quite remarkable. 
quite quite remarkable deep set eyes on Austin Butler there, everybody. Thanks. Um, I I agree with a lot of the stuff he said. Actually, I I think Tom Hanks was great, and and it was a true sort of villainous performance, um, and that dupe in the audience I really enjoyed. Um, I, I, what I liked about it is is it's just as much Elvis's story as it is Colonel Tom Parker's story, and I, and I actually yeah. think that that's what that did the. Um, that really helped the film because I think if it was just Elvis, I think it would have got, it would have fallen into far too many cliches. Although there are a lot of cliches in the film. I think it would, it would have definitely suffered for just doing that. Um, and as I say, like it, it does make Elvis far more sympathetic, having that, you know, that, that sort of puppet master, I suppose, above him throughout the entire film. Mm. Um, yeah. Austin Butler's, phenomenal okay such a good such a good performance at the performances um the thing the thing for me that i i didn't enjoy and i think it's it's just something i i don't enjoy about uh baz lerman um it's 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 this style that he's sort of air quotes perfected over the years <clears throat> that we've you know we he's he's made his name really you know he did some great he did some good films strictly ballman was, was is like such a good film. Uh, Romeo and Juliet's brilliant. Moulin Rouge is, is, is all right. Uh, but Moulin Rouge is where it starts. This real style starts, okay? A, we see a little bit of it in Australia. Um, and then what he does is he goes away and does loads of short films and loads of uh, adverts, like Chanel adverts and things like that. Mm. And then comes back in 20, 20, uh, 2013 with Great Gatsby, which is just this full-on, like, oh, like visually horrible film okay yeah. it, it's all just so weird all filmed on a green screen um the, all the backdrops just look very i, I don't know it, it for me it's just ugh, not a nice film to watch and i think he's up the ante with this and I, and I think sadly it for me it made it feel like again like austin butler's great but it, it felt more like this like extended vh1 montage of Elvis all the way through. Um, I don't think it, it really it, it gave anybody time just to sort of settle into the characters and, and breathe. Even the sort of smaller moments with, with Elvis and his family, I don't know. It, it's almost like it's just like sugar rush the entire film and it's like it just never stops. To, it just never holds up. And I kind of mm. get that, you know, it's saying that's what his life was like and things like that. But I don't know. I just felt like it was like one performance to a small bit and then and then another big performance. And then it's like, you want to see the real Elvis? Okay. Well, then does another big performance and then, oh, Elvis got to change. Yeah. And then it's another big performance. And then, well, people, people want to see the old Elvis. And it's like, oh, all right, just, I don't know. I just think it, it for me, it just felt a little bit, it's just yeah, the style, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's not sort of saying anything bad about performances and things like that. I just think that style, sadly, it was almost like childlike, and I, I don't think it works 100%, and it was just too distracting. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, it didn't really give anyone time to breathe, and it didn't really give people the depth, unfortunately. Um, and I just sort of thought, is it too distracting, that whole that whole like montage you feel the camera never stops moving and it's always just like this next thing or then it'll zoom into this thing and it'll pan out and then we're in a whole different place and it's like i don't know i just felt it it was quite exhausting mm. to be honest okay. um yeah yeah and well, I, that was my kind of takeaway i was just like i loved mm. i loved a lot of things about it and the music and the like, as i say the performances and things like that but i just came away going oh i feel like i just need to breathe a little bit like now because i've just spoken yeah for 10 it's minutes, so it's, um, it's definitely yeah. it, it's a it's a ride it's definitely a ride mm. uh put it that way and and it's a ride i would go on again i i i, I, I do think it's worth for me at least i think it's worth a second viewing uh, the thing is I, I i probably would watch it again and, I, and I'd, I'd probably enjoy it more knowing that knowing that's what that what i'm getting and i may enjoy the performance you know austin butler's performance more because i can focus on it a little bit more but i just think it, everything else it's just too distracting sometimes that style i'm i don't know i've got a short attention yeah. span and i'm just like oh my god it, yeah it was just a sugar <laughs> rush unfortunately but there you go okay then would you say gregory that elvis is planes trains and automobiles or navy seals starring charlie sheen um what do you think i i'd say elvis is planes trains and automobiles please david i I'm going to agree. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there more, we go. but I'm like, no, there you go. Where can we see Elvis, Gregory? Elvis is available to see in cinemas now. 
Awesome. Set us up for Thor Love and Thunder. So this is uh, our fourth Thor installment. So mm. after uh, Ken Brand did the first Thor, who did the second Thor? Uh, Alan Taylor. He he did that. He Alan Taylor. He made a lot of uh, like Game of Thrones and things like that. Okay. Uh, then you had Taika Waititi made uh, Thor Ragnarok, and you got Taika Waititi uh, back to make Thor Love and Thunder, and uh, it sees um, him. Well, it sees opens up with Christian Bale as Gore. And he is mm. on a very barren, uh, very hot planet, and he's praying to his god, who I believe is called Rapu, uh, to save his daughter from sort of dehydration and heat. And uh, once she she eventually dies, sadly, and Gore is heartbroken. But then he hears these whispers um, that lead him to this oasis where he's basically tormented by this god Rapu. And uh, but it turns out there's this sword here called the Necrosword, and it kind of as he's been sort of strangled by Rapu, it, this sword levitates into Gore's hand and he kills Rapu, but then he vows to kill all the gods in revenge of his daughter's death, uh, making him mm. uh, Gore the God Butcher. Is that right? Yes, that is butcher. correct. Are we giving yes. away too much here, do you think? Uh, no, that's all in the first five minutes. That's that's absolutely okay. fine. That's just a setup. That's the setup to the film. Um, okay. And also, for those of you who have missed um, or can't remember the last three, four films, uh, we get Korg reminding us about everything that happened, uh, but pays close attention to Natalie Portman's Jane Foster because she didn't appear in the last film and with very little explanation. Uh, so we have to be reminded of why she is significant for Thor. So you, you'd be forgiven for having forgotten all about her. But some, sadly, uh, and for me, I think somewhat quite crassly, James Foster, Jane Foster has stage four cancer um and so she is she's drawn towards um new oh, asgard yeah. which is mm. now on planet earth um to uh, find a way to be given some new strength and uh so so um our sort of uh our, our journey begins in thor trying to uh, get to gore the god butcher before he butchers mm. too many gods and um <laughs> And, and rid the rid the world of the danger of the God Butcher. Russell Crowe <laughs> appears as a sort of Robert Baratheon inspired Zeus, uh, and uh, well, he's, as straight away I was thinking, I was literally thinking that is very much like Robert Baratheon. What's he called? Um, mm. I forget who plays him now. Um, Mark Addy. What's his name? Mark Addy. Yeah. Um, as a Taika Waititi film, obviously. Like Taika Waititi put, put, has a very dry sense of humour and puts a lot of jokes within his film. And part of the great thing about Thor Ragnarok was it was like a breath of fresh air because mm. it was, whilst it remained, it stayed on course with the Marvel Universe, it it didn't take itself too seriously and it had plenty of laughs and I liked its sort of tone and its style. And you could watch this and just see it as a Taika Waititi film and appreciate a lot of that. As a Marvel film, I think Marvel are massively going to regret giving him so much free reign on this because he goes full on, for me at least, he goes too far basically turning it into a Thor parody. He basically makes it a Marvel parody film for me. And I found it a little bit exhausting with the relentless tone and the never-ending joke after joke. We're not taking this seriously. This is ridiculous, isn't it? Hey, here we are again. And it's more and more ridiculous. And if you think that's ridiculous, look what's going to happen now. And, um, and you know for what? me... You know what, Greg? As, go on. Greg? Go on. Greg? You know yeah. what? What? I completely agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 100%. And, and, yeah, good. Um, it's, it would be a bit like... I mean, I'm not a geeky Marvel fanboy, but I've been drawn into mm. the universe through... You know, I'm now pot committed to the universe, and I've got a certain level of appreciation for it and i feel like i'm a bit of a hypocrite because some of the some of the elements of taika waititi's tone i've been through and like the james gunn stuff i've enjoyed mm. more than a lot of stuff in the marvel universe but i just think it takes it too far and it's like putting this in the mcu is like calling the original casino royale a proper bond film <laughs> yeah it just just doesn't fit <laughs> you know what i mean um yeah. i don't know go on what do you think then? no I, I there's a lot to like like there is a lot to yeah. like and and although you know for me it ultimately didn't really work i still laughed a lot 
throughout the film because yeah. it's, it's it's a comedy. It's not it's not it's uh, well, it is, yeah. it's it's an action rom com really, which that's fine. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I completely agree with you. It's almost like it's well, it's almost like trying to not be a Thor film, but it's like but it is a Thor film. And yeah. well, I suppose let, let me what I liked. Okay. I really like Christian Bale as Gore. I think he was he was great. Uh, he, he he was yeah. sort of threatening. He was he was scary. Um, you could tell he was having a good time doing it. Fantastic, brilliant. Um, the core kind of monologues throughout. Yeah, fine. Okay, they're all right. I'm getting a bit bored of Korg, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. He has got that kind of innocent, dry humour, which, which you know, I, I like that style of, of comedy that, that Taika brings to to everything. Great, fantastic. I like the whole tourist Ag- Asgardy type things, and there's a lot of funny, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, f- f- funny, funny little uh, uh, infinity cones and things like that. You know, funny little little <laughs> yeah. moments in in that bit. Um, what have I put? Up the ante with the, oh, the, the, the play, the up the ante with the with the, with the oh, play remin- yeah. recapping from the, you know that we got in Ragnarok. We won't give away too much about that, but yeah, funny, good, yeah. funny stuff. Um, <laughs> that 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 scene after that big thing that happens where he's going. Yeah. I think we need to make a play about this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that really tickled me. I was we couldn't do it, um, and and I, yeah. I, I do like the sort of fun interactions that 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 they do. Have. Have, you know, they're, they're talking, Thor's talking to Jane about how they used to go rollerblade, and she's like, do you, do you still rollerblade? And he's like, he's something like, what does he say? Once you blade, you once you blade, you never fade. Am you I right, never Korg? fade. Yeah, am I right, Cog? Blade makes for blade, blade makes for life. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. And, and it's just as the walking down. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm giggling now, just like these funny, funny little moments, and and yeah, the great. But it, there's just too many of them, and it's and that's yeah. to say it's it's not a Thor film, it's not a Thor action comedy, it's 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 not, it's almost like a, a sitcom. Do you know what I mean? And it's it, it yeah. for me, it just doesn't work. There's no real weight to it because of that. Um, yeah. It felt um, what was I saying? It felt very green screeny. You know, a lot. Of, some of the effects were really sort of janky. It was too silly, as I said. It, and also on the other side of things, it felt very sort of by the numbers. And, I, and I've said this a lot about the Marvel films to date. It's like, it, it, and this this more so than most, it felt very like, right, okay, so there's the guy. So, uh, and he needs this thing. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go, we're going to have to get this person. Then we're going to go to here and get this thing. And then we'll assemble this team. And then we'll go to this new place and do this. And it's like, yeah. I understand how a film plot works, but it just, it felt like a video game. And I've said this before about so many things, but it felt like a level one is do this, beat this boss, get to this thing, win this thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm just, I'm getting a bit bored of it all. Um, so, yeah, so ultimately I kind of wanted to come away and absolutely love it. And I, and I didn't, sadly. Um, and I, I just fear that giving Taika that that complete freedom on something that means quite a lot to people, that he's... It's a bit disrespectful. Are, yeah, a bit disrespectful. And I feel like people are going to get tired of it quite quickly. Look back at, at Jojo Rabbit and there's an innocence to that film. Yeah, all right, you know, and it's talking about World War Two and the Holocaust and all that sort of stuff. And that, but he's a little bit... He's, he's more respectful of, of it. And I just think he's not, they've not done that in this film. They thought, right, well, we need to be silly, don't we? Come on, Thor's silly. Let's do silly things. But I'm like, but Thor can be silly, but also Thor is, you know, the strongest Avenger. And and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. there the, the needs to be more heart in it. And I don't think there was, considering it's a film about love, I don't think there was much heart in it. I thought it was just a, let's put yeah. loads of funny things in and fit them into these scenes. And yeah, it it didn't really work, sadly. Hmm. I don't think Tiger's going to make another Marvel film anytime mm. soon, uh, which is a good thing for fans of Tiger because it will mean he can concentrate on making his own stuff, which I think yeah. is what he's best at. Hmm. I think I, th- I think he's incredibly creative with new ideas, and hmm. you know JoJo's a prime example. There you go. He's he's 
supposed to be making a Star Wars film that's like set out of the, you know, it's not Skywalker related or anything like that. And they've been talking about it for a while. And in, in, in recent interviews, he's, he's sort of come out and said, I'm not sure if Star Wars are going to let me make that film now. And I'm wondering whether it's because, you know, this has done well. It's something like the fifth highest grossing Marvel film, which good, great, you know, brilliant. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the critical reception hasn't been that that positive so i'm wondering whether you know you're saying that well maybe lucasfilm are just going to be like actually let's go in a different direction now because i think it i think yeah. it's possibly this taika waititi fatigue that people might have now because let's just think about it right so thor thor ragnarok when he was announced as director people were like whoa that's a that's a weird choice you know he, his film before that was in uh hunt for the world of people which was great loved yeah. it but i was like that's a really off-kilter choice but fine. And then since then, so he, he did that. He was writ, wrote and directed, well, directed Jojo, but was in it. He he done. Uh, he was in The Mandalorian. He'd done, um, he, he pops up in What We Do in the Shadows TV show. He's in the Flag versus uh, Flag Means Death, you know, the uh, the Reese Darby Pirate when he plays Blackbeard. Um, yeah. Uh, what else was he in? He's in Lightyear. Uh, and there's just loads of other things that he's popping up in. And it's great, but then I think yeah. there's maybe you know, the pushing it a touch. And yeah, I think it's that there's going to be a fatigue soon. Um, So yeah, I think you're right. Whether he will direct the next one or not is is sort of up in the air, I suppose. Um, Lever took, uh, regular Lever took uh, our good, good friend, Jake, his nephew, to watch it. And Jake wouldn't do a review. So Lever sent in these two uh, recordings. The first is Lever's review, and the second is a, is a sneaky Jake review, and Jake didn't realise he was being recorded. Here they are. Oh, I see. Nice. Hi, guys. Me and Jake just went in to see Thor Love and Thunder. Um, it was a it was an okay film. I think Jake enjoyed it more than me. I, I kind of thought the uh, Thor Ragnarok was better. Because we had, uh, well, we had Hulk in that one for starters. And I just thought it was a better altogether film. This one was good. Um, we had a new villain who was kind of cool. Christian Bale was good. You want to say anything, Jake? No, nothing for Jake. Okay, thanks, guys. Let's see if we can get Jake talking now. So did you not like that new film, then? Yeah, I loved it. You did like it? Yeah. What, even more than the last one? Uh, I like them all the same. All the same? Yeah. But did you, I, I really liked the last one because it had Hulk in it. Did you think that this one was missing Hulk? Yeah. Yeah, it was missing Hulk. A bit. But what was your favourite part about this one? When they defeated um, bad guy, whatever his name is. Gore? Yeah. What, right? It's kind of like Thor. It's kind of like Thor, isn't it? It's just. What about the stuff with? What about? What about the stuff with Zeus at the end? Did you like? Uh, not at the end, in the middle. Oh yeah, that was kind of cool. Was that cool? Yeah. Did you like that? Yeah. Because yeah. we we were learning about gods a couple uh week a couple of lessons ago. In school. Yeah. Oh wow, cool. I used so, to, I used to be on a table on my own called Zeus. Did you? you? Used to be on table Zeus, did you? That's cool. Right. So, how many? How many out of ten did you say you were giving this? Because I was ten. Ten out of ten. Wow. Cool. Nice, all of them. So that's Jake's review for the film. Ten out of ten. Oh come on! I didn't want to do that. Jake oh, has since given it. permission for his. Uh, Jake has since <laughs> given permission for his uh, recording to be included on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! I, I just I love hearing Jake's reviews. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> I loved so it. Good. Cheers, Jake. Okay then, Cheers, Greg. Lever. Would you say thank you, Lever? Yes, and Jake. Gregory, would you say that Thor: Love and Thunder is Thor or Fantastic Four? Do you know what? I, I I don't like Uncle Ken's Thor. I've said that before. Sorry, Uncle mm. Ken. You're never going to hear me say that. But I, I I'm not a fan of Thor. Um, so I think I genuinely think this is is better than Thor. Oh really? Okay. But yeah, I do think that. I think for me it goes Ragnarok. Mm. This I can't remember Thor two to be honest with you. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It gets a lot of hate, but it's not. It's not that mm. bad. 
Um, I am anyway. going to go Ragnarok, Thor, Love and Thunder, and then Dark World. There you go. Where can we see Thor, Love and Thunder, Gregory? Thor, Love and Thunder is available in cinemas and now. Choo choo, where are we going? Okay, so we are now at the Walk the Line station, and we're going to take a slightly different uh, line than we usually would. So we're going to take the music biopic uh, spoof line. Yeah, does that work? I suppose. Yeah. yeah uh, all the way down yeah. to 2007's Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. So, yeah, what this is, is it's a, it's a, a, a spoof. Starring John C. Riley. Obviously, we love John C. Riley from Step Brothers and all that sort of stuff. Mm. He plays Dewey Cox, um, and it's essentially a spoof of all these sort of walk, walk the line. Um, some of these like um, uh, Bob Dylan sort of biopics, and you know, on that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, it. I think it's very funny. I'm the you know I'm interested to see what what, what you think. Uh, what I will say about it before you know, obviously, we're not going to get into a review. Um, they take the music quite seriously in it, which is, I think, is quite refreshing. It's not like a, they don't just like, they're not just dead silly songs. Some of them are actually quite good songs. So anyway, okay. listen out for it. Uh, where can we see Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, Greg? It's available to rent at the usual places now. On the box. On the box. Okay, then, Greg, what the hell is on the box for you this week? Okay, so I've picked out something that I have not seen yet, but it's released on Disney Plus today, being Wednesday, 13th of July. Uh, and I've heard really good okay. reviews of it. Uh, and this is the Bob's Burgers movie. So, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've never watched Bob's Burgers, uh, but I've heard this film is absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to be. Oh, really? Do you think you'll need to watch Bob's yeah. Burgers to enjoy the the film? I've heard of people having not watched Bob's Burgers okay. and having really, really liked it. So uh, yeah, uh, we're going to give it a go. Uh, the guy who does the voice, cool. uh, M. John something, or uh, does the voice of Bob. He's the voice of Archer. Have you ever watched Archer? Uh, I, yeah, oh, I've, yeah, 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 yeah. That's first like that few the... series of. It's like the spy one. It's, it's yeah, animated. I've seen a bit of that. The first few uh, series of Archer cool. are just sensational. Anyway, oh, that's cool. I, I may give Bob's Burgers a watch, actually. Yes. Uh, other thing worth mentioning is uh, No Way Home lands on Sky Cinema ah, on TV okay. this, uh, this week as well. So yeah. Interesting. Cool, man. Uh, I am going to be continuing to watch Stranger Things because there's a lot of it. So I'm, I think I'm up to like episode five of nine, or maybe I've just watched five of nine. And the long, the really long, yeah. Well, the latest season. Uh, uh, there's, there's going to be a season five. Um, yeah, oh, okay. and you get like through it, and you're like, oh, this episode's an hour and twenty minutes long, and it's eleven o'clock already. Oh, you know what I mean? It's like, Jesus. oh, come on. <laughs> so, wow. but it is good. Wow. It is good, and some great, great tunes in there as well. Um, cool. Let's know what you guys are watching on the box this week. I got 99 problems, but this podcast ain't one. <laughs> Good one. Like it. So, yeah, 99th episode in the can. Yes. Well, Good. number 100 <laughs> next week. Uh, so yeah. we are recording in person at Dave's house mm. throughout uh, the afternoon and evening of uh, this Saturday. Uh, there'll be yep. probably some I'd... other people present. Um, yeah, results results may vary. You don't know what this is going to be yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, waterproof microphones yeah. for the hot tub. We'll have a little wander down yeah. to the pub, I think, for a little bit as well. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, what I'd love yeah. though is like audience participation. If people, you know, really want people to send in sort of questions, uh, it could be anything as well. It doesn't have to be film related, TV. You know, it could be about the podcast. Mm. You know, we've been, we've done a hundred episodes. We've been literally been filming doing this now for two years. It's probably getting. Yeah. You know, we must be pretty close to two years. Um, yeah, man. 
Yeah. When did we start? It was July, wasn't it? It was July 20. Was it June 20? Oh, right, yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, well over two years. So, that's really cool. Um, yeah, so if people send questions, send their thoughts, send reviews of films you watch, you know, whatever. Jack, I'm going to get Jack on FaceTime, I think, uh, at some point on Saturday yeah. and get him to, you know, have a chat and things like that. Christian wants to get involved cool. uh, on FaceTime as well and things like that. Leader's going to pop yeah. in, I think, you know, loads of people. So, it's going to be good. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Nice. Password this week. Nice. Uh, Thor? 99. Elvis? As in the ice cream. 99. 99. 99. 99. It's like a, sa- like a savoury 99. It's like a savoury 99. Uh, yeah. Have a cup of beers, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, you can buy us a beer at Buy Me A Coffee. Thank you. But you can also buy us a beer at buymeacoffee.com forward slash dads on film pod. Uh, and yeah, do all those things that I said. Review, like, share, all that sort of stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for still listening to those who do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good. I'll see you on Saturday, Greg. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.